everybody, real quick before we get into the episode, I just wanted to drop a quick note about our Patreon. Uh, we we dropped the Patreon monthly fees to the lowest that that Patreon actually recommends. Three dollars a month is all it takes now to support New Dad, Newer Dad, and become a part of our community on Facebook. Um, we're trying to grow that. We, we've stalled out. We've got some great guys in there. Um, we want to keep building that. Uh, and ladies. Um, and yeah, we got a couple ladies in there. Uh, this is not just for dads. That's all. We just want to build the community so that we can do more things. And, and we just need a way to get more people involved in the community. So $3 a month is all it takes to uh, to support us. So patreon.com slash new dad, newer dad. Enjoy the show. Welcome to New Dad, Newer Dad. This is episode number 71. I am Eric Smith, and I'm here as always with Dustin Lopez. Dustin, how are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, it's uh, you You had a day filled with uh, taking care of the kids because you're on vacation. You're on dad vacation. Yeah, I wouldn't call it vacation, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm the first of four days of watching the kids solo. Ugh. The- <laughs> no, thank you dude i am right there with you i am so uh, we're about to do some traveling and i'm so right there with my work my wife is working eight out of ten days and i'm just Holy crap. i'm the guy apparently i'm the guy let's do this well here's the guy and then we have a we have a guest here today if you didn't catch on already um that is a new voice on the show um, we have recording artist, singer, songwriter, musician, Brendan James joining us today. Brendan, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here, guys. Um, it's awesome to have you here. I know Dustin has been listening to you for a really long time. I'm I'm a newer fan. Nice, uh, really? But Dustin, when did you start listening to Brendan? You know, this is the, the weirdest story. So this has been like the last three months have been the most amount of coincidences and the shortest amount of time in my life. I'm not joking with you when when brendan's people reached out to us i two weeks beforehand um i have this little apple you know home pod speaker and um i was mateo uh my oldest son is really into dancing so he's like daddy dance daddy dance and so i pick him up and we and i thought you know i love this one song and i thought back and i was like it's called green and i put it on the thing and we were dancing all around to it and everything and two weeks later no way. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the craziest thing in the world. Like I'm talking to somebody what? and like, I don't know, I've probably had that song on my, on every phone for the last like 10 years. Um, oh, so it was just so coincidental. Um, I think 2009, I started um, listening to Brendan and, and I just, since then, it's always been like, you know, a few times a year, I'm always, you know, checking in on a new album or you know, whatever else. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm loving it. So coincidental, but, uh, really happy. Wow. That's awesome. I I love how that all works. I love that. I asked my agent last year, I was like, I should do more podcasts. And even just like (laughs) family oriented ones, not just always musician stuff. And she's like, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to dig into some of that. And then here we are. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the way that things happened, and um, you're 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 a dad now, um, which I you know I don't even you 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 start listening to somebody I think, and then over the years you kind of lose touch with like the the personal you you know you're so involved initially like with the personal aspect, and then you know uh, years later you kind of lose that that personal uh, connection. You you don't catch up about their personal life as much, and you're not following them on uh, social media as much. And, and then, um, but now you're, you're a dad and, and you're on a dad podcast. That's, uh, pretty awesome. You, I read a little bit about what you've been up to in the last little bit of time here with a, with a trip around the world and stuff. So excited to talk about all of it. Dude. Thank you. Isn't that funny how you, how you like be really, uh, up to date on a certain person you're following a musician or an actor. And then like you blink and it's seven years later and you're like, Whoa, that actor aged and <laughs> apparently they've had a kid and two divorces and what, where have I been? Right. 
Um, yeah, I guess, I guess just been living life. And this is kind of my dream was, was to be a dad more than even a musician. Um, so I'm just trying to do my best at both of them, <laughs> you know? Can you uh, just kind of talk about your, your journey into, uh, you know, fatherhood and, and how that was, um, you know, how many kids you have and then, uh, you know, what led to the, the trip that you guys took? Well, it all started. No, um, I do remember when I really fell from my now wife, you know, people always ask, did you always know you were going to have kids? And for us, I mean, it was within the first week of meeting. I mean, our conversations revolved around how we definitely wanted to have a family. And it was part of the reason we fell in love. So we, we sort of took our time. It was, you know, we met in 2005 and she's didn't have kids until 2014. So I'm glad we had that time together. Uh, but yeah, it was just all sort of the trajectory was moving towards it. I felt it. And at the time before kids, we were living in California after living in New York City. And I was just just chasing music as hard as I could. And, and to be honest, she was supporting me. Uh, and there we were living in Oakland in a one-bedroom apartment. And we were like, it's time. It's, we, we want kids, but we don't want to have them in this one-bedroom apartment in Oakland. So we thought of where we'd want to live and... Um, we have a bunch of friends here in Charleston, South Carolina. So we moved across the country, we moved back east uh, and, and sort of with that whole goal in mind. And now it's like eight years later and we have two kids, six and four. I didn't realize that you live in uh, Charleston. I was going to say, you didn't, yeah. I don't think we knew so that. It was, it was funny when I took the call from, uh, from, your, uh, from Maggie, I was like, um, I was in Charleston and I was in uh, really? my hotel room. I had just checked in what? and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is crazy. And again, another coincidence, right? Like that's crazy. I know. What were you uh, doing like, here? Just, just hanging out. I was, it was my birthday trip actually. So um, nice. I took a trip for my birthday. We stayed at a, a place called the planters Inn, right on market street there. Yeah. 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 And um, it just had a, an absolute blast while we were there. I mean, it was just such a fun city. We walked around, we biked around, we ate at all the, the uh, the best places. Met a bartender, a bartender named Alan, who was amazing. Um, he looked like Santa Claus. And, uh, <laughs> it was just the best uh, the best trip uh, I've had in recent memory. I mean, what a wonderful city! It's great, isn't it? It's really hard to describe I mean, to people who haven't experienced it, but it is all about the food and the different bars, and it's it's a rarity in this country. It's like a Savannah, Georgia, or a New Orleans. It's really only the three of those that I can think of where it's just got this quaint kind of walk around, eat, drink. You feel kind of safe to just have a birthday or a bachelorette party here. It's just, just like it's just like a nice it's just a nice hang, you know. To yeah. Then there's all the history as well, which is complicated but special too. So, yeah. Um, I had uh, a, a a question about your musical career obviously being the, the, the fan for so long. Um, and I, I think that this is the first interview I've ever done with, you know, a musician songwriter of any sort. Um, and, uh, cool. you know, I'm having honored. kids now, um, what's, what's one thing you wish that you would have known when you began your career as a musician? You mean, and how it relates to, you know, yeah, being, being I mean, I dad. feel like that's I mean, something you just don't go like you never really think about when you're starting it, and you're chasing, and you're chasing, and you're working real hard, and then it's this transition, right? And you just—is there something you wish now, looking back on it, that you would have known? It's a good question. I mean, the one thing that comes to my mind, and and I don't know even if I had known this, would I have been able to do it differently? But I, no one ever really tells you. And for, for anybody out there, any dad or, or any soon-to-be dad, you know, who hasn't had kids yet, maybe I'll be the one to tell you this. It is not just a gradual shift in your life. And I'm not trying to scare you, but it is a, it's a 180, you know. It's a, okay, we're on this track, my wife and I or my girlfriend and I, and we're cruising along and we think, you know, we do want to have kids. Let's try this. Let's merge a little left. And it's not a gentle merge. You know, it's like a you flip around 
and a whole new path with a whole new horizon opens up. And I think, I guess I didn't realize that. And I'm not sure what I could have done differently. Maybe I would have, maybe I could have set myself up or, or thought, okay, the kids, it's going to come in two years. Let me bust my ass and, and what, make a bunch more money and make sure I get some accolades and then just know for those five or six years of those first five or six years of kids, I'm going to just throw myself into that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what that that's even possible, but you know what I'm saying? Is that what kind of transitioned the, you know, made an, an easy decision to, you know, tell us about your, your, your latest album and, um, you know, that, that decision, I mean, what fantastic music first and foremost, but, Thanks. um, you know, that's gotta be a, a big, big decision, right? Yeah. You mean just the big, the trip in general? Trip. Yeah. Oh I mean, my that's... God. I mean, <laughs> I can't oh even, go, I can't yeah. even make a two hour drive, you know, where were you at when you, when you decided like, Hey, we're going to do this. Just like a mental state, I guess. Not not literally where were you? Well, I guess it helps to actually say literally where we were. We were in our kitchen in our previous house in, in Charleston, in a house that we didn't particularly love, but we sort of thought it was in the right zip code and like this is where the schools are and like let's do this even though it's a little too expensive, yada, yada, yada. And there we're just in this house and we're just looking at each other across the counter that still needed to be redone. And we're like, what the hell are we doing? Why are we, why are we in this grind a little bit above our pay grade and trying to keep up with who to be in what kind of school? Like what, what kind of kid do we need to raise to be in this perfect school? Like, anyway, we were just in this mindset. We're like, we, we said we would never be these people. And so we looked at each other. We were like, let's not be, and let's sell this house. And with some of the money we might make, let's, take a huge leap and and just travel with our one and four-year-old and just, you know, caution be damned kind of. So I, I'll never forget that moment across that kitchen counter with the light bulbs flickering because I needed to change them and the countertop that, you know, was crap. And I don't know how to describe it, guys, but it was awesome. It was a cool moment. So interesting to think about that that phrase of like, we, we never wanted to be these people. Cause like, there's a million things a day where I'm like, you know, I'm taking care of one of my children. And I'm like, I never wanted to be this person. And then it's like, <laughs> what decision, you know, you have to make and how, you know, difficult, but it seems like, you know, if it's right, it's right. Yeah. You know, to, to make that change in any capacity, like, Hey, we're getting rid of, you know, I just recently got rid of packets, like food packets. It was like, yeah, all the time. It's like you buy packets and packets and packets and you're like, enough already. I never <laughs> wanted to be the person that was like, here's a packet, sweetheart. Oh, you know? my God. It's so funny. I never wanted to be the person is like the line of all parents. It's like right. parenting forces you to be the person so much more often than you than you thought. Mm hmm. And I think of immediately, not to change course, because I would love to talk about the trip, but with discipline and being like authoritative in the house, like I never thought I would be that person. I think a lot of all parents probably are like, oh, shoot, I have to discipline. Like I have to raise my voice. I, who is this person that I didn't mm -hmm. want to be? I sound like my dad. You know what I mean? That's, that's probably the hardest for me is just having to discipline and, and I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to be taught that skill somehow more than I was, but it's hard. No, it's interesting. I um, Eric got me hooked on TikTok recently, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm close. I'm close. I'm getting there. <laughs> be on it. Um, there's this guy that like he's like a child psychologist, and he is like freaking amazing. Like, are you I, talking about preschool therapy? Um, I don't know. I have to look afterwards, but yeah. Um, I got to send it to you, Eric, because honestly, this was like. It was crazy. Like I did two things differently in the last two days and like immediately it corrected behavior. Like I, I, I made sure that I was calm voice, which, you know, anybody that knows me, I'm not a calm person. And, um, and I talked to Mateo about his, about his feelings and I gave him a second. So I just, you know, he threw something, I took it away. I walked away 
I was very calm, didn't do anything, didn't talk, you know, talk about going in the corner or anything like that. It was just, yeah, I'm going to walk away. And, and like immediately he was sorry. He came right over. Like it was a, a complete shift, 180 degrees from where it would, that interaction normally would be at where he'd take something else and throw it or, you know, do yeah. whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, no. that calm is, is, I, I was actually studying it today because I spent so much time with my four-year-old son and, if anybody out there is a dad with a, with a young son, I feel like for me, it's, it's just so challenging. It's the most challenging. There's something about his just chemistry. And if he's aggressive as most young boys are, instead of coming to hug me, he'll just come and punch me. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's like right in the soft part of your gut and it actually really hurts. And I feel my blood boil for a second. Like it, nothing, it's just like chemistry. I'm like, oh, I'm boiling, like, and I just want to yell or push him back. And I'm like, how, how do I control that? Just that mm -hmm. physical reaction, you know what I yeah. mean? I'm like, it's got to, it's just a human reaction. So I'm totally working on that. Like, he doesn't mean to punch me. He actually, that's him saying, I love you, dad. I just want to come up and you're just fun to, you know, practice on and, you know, <laughs> be affectionate, aggressive with. And I'm like, yeah. Right. So that's like the thing that I, I I struggle with the most is is the discipline thing, but then also the like with my wife and like my wife was watching the kids the two days prior to today. Like we we were talking about offline before I started that I'm on the first day of you know watching the kids for four days in a row, um, but COVID reasons. So we'll we'll get into that next episode, anyways. But, um, but she, whenever I get home, she's like, "Oh, they were perfect. Everybody was great." And then it's like, "Well, how come I can't do that?" Like I don't know whenever we're together, it doesn't seem like it's like that. And then like, I can't sit down without them jumping on me. Like you were talking about and or punching totally. me or, you know, a knee in the neck. Um, my, my two and my four year old are, you know, just always, I can't sit down without them jumping on me. And I, sometimes you just, I snap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that, the discipline thing. And I need to watch some more of these preschool therapy guy, uh, TikTok videos. Cause He's, it's got to be who you're talking about, Dustin. I think it is, but I, I don't want to commit to um, until I know for sure. But, um, I mean, it was fantastic. I will say this, though, Eric, in response to what you just said, I, I do believe that, you know, having if, you, if you're in a household that has two parents, right, and you're fortunate enough to have that, I do believe your children grow up with different things for different parents. Like, Mateo has definitely, you know, went up and, like, gotten frustrated and punched Melissa, Right. But never once has he ever done that to me because he knows the stern look that dad gives, right? Wow. And yeah. that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. Um, and I think that different kids have those different limits with different parents. And, you know, it's about communication between, you know, you as a couple to ensure that you're dealing with things in a relatively similar way so that, you know, your children respond to both parents the same way eventually with certain situations and, and kids like to push limits. We know that. Yeah. Did, that did, came up in our patron group last week, Joshua, um, mm -hmm. he posted about it. His, his daughter um, will wake up in the middle of the night and just scream and scream and scream. And then he'll go in and just talk to her and ask her to lay down. She does it with no problem. But if the wife tries, um, she, she just won't do it. She just continues to scream yeah. crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, we definitely experience just their different reactions to each one of us. Lately, I'm kind of laughing because my wife is trying to be so patient, even with me, with how I am responding to the kids. And for the most part, she would probably agree that I do a pretty good job. But there's many interactions where she has read something or watched some TikTok person or seen something and absorbed it better than I have. And she'll have the ammunition and the instruction in her brain how to handle it correctly and i'm still going on just innate parenting stuff yeah and, she, and she'll pull me aside after and be like i don't want to say this to you because you're just doing a great job but <laughs> the way you just said that you probably should say it like this and i'm like wow i'm just i'm just learning every day all See, day. When Melissa does that to me, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm doing it just fine. <laughs> I know. I, it's so, and I get so defensive, but I'm like, nope, she's read more than I have. I'm going to shut up here. It, it's hard to admit that, though, honestly. Like, yeah. And I, I think it's hard the other way, too. I mean, and I think that, like, Eric talks a, a lot about, 
how he has a different role than me. Like he's more Melissa, my wife, than I am. Like I'm more like June, his wife. We call it the primary parent. Yeah. Primary parent. And yeah. And so Eric's that primary parent and Melissa's that primary parent. I think that there's a different role for a primary parent than there is for, you know, that secondary parent. And uh, it's a much different relationship as well. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I'm secondary. I mean, I'm, I spend a ton of time with the kids. I, I probably spend almost more than she does, especially when, especially during 2020 when I've just been home without touring life. Um, Mm -hmm. But even on a normal year, I'm, I'm with the kids a lot, but I, there's just something about her that's probably just primary. Um, anyway, I'm just sharing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we have different roles because of that. I don't know if, I don't know if she would answer the same way. I, I don't know what she'd say, what we yeah. are. Maybe. How did we define that, Dustin? What's that? How did we define that, the primary? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's an, a, a real definition. I, I think that the person that is what I call default so if two people are in the house and, uh, and you know, somebody's going to go get groceries and the other person's going to take care of the kids, arbitrarily speaking, you know, the default person, like Melissa would stay home with the kids and I'd go get groceries or Melissa would take care of the kids and I would go gas up the cars or, you know, or, or run an errand for us. You know, like one person's the doer of things and then the other person is the, hey, I'm going to, you know, stay home and take care of the kids. Um, that's kind of the way that, at least in my house, you know, it, Melissa ends up being default a lot for the kids mm-hmm. just because most of the time I'm, I'm working or I'm, you know, and she works too. And it's, it's a combative relationship in that regard because she's always looking for more time to do the things that are non-children oriented, um, that are work related and, and stuff. So, man, it's, it's so much. Oh my gosh. My wife, we were just talking about how so she works like four days a week and right now I'm not touring, but we're trying to set aside these days for me to write and feel like I'm still a professional and I'm still doing my career. And there's those days, especially for men, because we tend to be a bit more self-serving if I'm honest, they're so important to me. They're just Mm -hmm. that I get those three days or whatever it is that it's like six or eight hours a day. I need to just fill this guy up so I can be, a better dad and a better husband. And we just sort of laugh because I'll get those days like all to me, even if it's just six hours, it's just all me, what I want to do. And then she has her job. She works Mm. at, she works at an art gallery, which she doesn't, she doesn't mind at all. She likes the job, but then the rest of that's supposed to be her, her time, if you know what I mean. And then when she's not at her job, she's supposed to be taking care of the house and just running errands and doing all the yeah. stuff for the kids that apparently I don't have to do in my, you know what I'm saying? So she, no, totally. she still feels like she gets this short end of the stick, just being the mom. Cause they just do more than fathers in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases, I'm generalizing. And mm-hmm. I'm also grateful for having two parents at home. I'm not, not saying I'm yeah, not. No, I think that you're, you're, you're right. Because I, I think both people have the opportunity to feel like that. Um, cause again, like Melissa's primary in, in our house and, um, she oftentimes talks about how, you know, even if I'm down at the computer and I'm not taking care of the kids, it's different. It's like me time or something. And I don't, I don't see it that way. Cause like I'm sitting there like, you know, busting hump to get work done and money made and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I totally understand where she's coming from because I've had those days where I'm taking care of both kids. I'm sitting there, they're screaming, they're being, you know, doing whatever, right? And then you kind of, at the end of the day, the other person comes home and you're like, just get me out of here for a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need a minute. You know, <laughs> yep. I get it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, that's the world that we, that we live in. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with gender norms and, and how we feel about a mom and a dad and what roles moms and dads traditionally play versus, you know, atypically, you know, you're not on tour, right? So, you know, how does that, uh, you know, come through in terms of parenting and the amount of time and the, and the responsibilities and the roles and, um, and what does that look like normally? You know, it's just such a weird year. Yeah. It's, it's a weird year to even have this kind of a general conversation because I'm thinking, I'm thinking about this year 
And actually one of the huge silver linings for me is that I'm not a touring dad. I'm just a dad. And when you talk about primary and secondary parents, I mean, this year, I actually don't feel like we're either primary or secondary. And a, a tiny indication is, you know, when the kid, when a kid gets hurt, usually it's like they, even if both parents are like within two feet of each other, yeah. There's just this thing where the kid runs to one of them most often. And I'm watching both of our kids. They're just like, they don't know who to pick. They're just right. like, oh, dad was with me all day. He could comfort me, but mom, the last few years normally would. And and it's this kind of beautiful thing all of a sudden. I'm, and I'm loving it. And I have a great bond with my son who I was, I needed, I needed to work on my bond with him. My first, his first couple of years, I was traveling a lot and so anyway, 2020. It's funny you mentioned that though, honestly, because uh, I hadn't noticed it until the other day as well. The same thing happened to me where uh, Mateo fell and he was like, immediately he would usually run to me, but then Melissa has been spending a lot of time with him lately. Um, Cause I've been just so busy with work and he ran to her, but he was confused. Cause he was like looking back at me and it was like this whole yeah. thing, the same thing happened. And um, I don't know if we necessarily would have gotten that without COVID. Honest to God, yeah. like there's a lot of those instances. So um, there is a lot to be thankful for. There is silver lining in all of it. Yeah. God knows I'm trying to find those. <laughs> <laughs> have you um, have you and your wife had uh, a lot of uh, family help along the way? Or, um, you know, you, you've, you said you've been in a few different cities. So how has that, you know, affected um, how that how that all transpired? Um. This year, we haven't had a ton of family help. My mom, is, which has been great, my mom was living in Pennsylvania. She bought a, a small house down here right near me and kept her house up near my sister. So uh-huh. I'm, really, I'm really proud of her, actually. Single mom and just has sort of saved money and found this way to now be near me and to be near my sister and, and my sister's kids. So she'll come down every four to six weeks uh-huh. and, hel- and help out. And so helpful. Um so we've had that, but normally we have my wife's parents also come in from California. They love to come visit and just help. Uh, yeah. I feel so blessed with our grandparent situation, but not this year. You know, this year we've just been quarantined for the most part, like everybody yeah. just hanging in our driveway, hanging in our garage. I like redid our garage. So it's just at least a fun place to be. And just day after day, it's just, it's unbelievable. Do you, do you think that your your trip might have been a little bit of a primer for for you know what we're going through here? Dude, yes, we we talked about that in May or June. It hit us. We were like, why are we kind of good at this? Why does this seem sort of normal? It's because we just went around the world and and decided when we were going around the world to not do any major cities or major tourist attraction. It was just we want to just go to different towns and hang out as a family. And so we sort of, we sort of got good at just chilling, you know? So that that did help. Other than the Sagrada Familia. Other than that day. (laughs) That's where my grandfather was baptized actually. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fun in in that city. Um, That's where my, a lot of, I still have a lot of family in that city. So. Oh, wow. What a special city. It just, it just wasn't a, wasn't a special wasn't special to us that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how a trip kind of goes too, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the, the other coincidental uh, aspect of, you know, catching back up with you and, you know, um, the last couple of years and, and what you've, what you've been doing um, is that I, I am a photographer by trade oh, cool. and um, we have, I'm a couple of photographers that are very, very influential in the, in the uh, wedding photography business. And um, they travel all around and, and do all the conferences and stuff. They're based out of Nashville. And uh, about a year and a half ago, they, uh, they decided, um, you know, they're going to sell their million-dollar home. They're going to buy a, a, a huge, you know, fifth wheel or a, a camper or whatever. And they were just going to drive around the country with four kids until you know, their heart was content. And, um, you know, I've been following them. They're they're just wrapping up a year and a half later. I mean, I just cannot even imagine being in a 200 square foot space on the road (laughs) with, with, uh, four kids, but 
they wow. made it work and they so. did it through 2020 that's amazing yeah they did it through 2020 they did wow. i mean a, a lot of it was 2019 yeah. um the majority of it was 2019 but um yeah they're just kind of settling back into tennessee and um you know a lot of a lot of respect for them because you know you got four kids in the upper bunk and lower bunk of a camper and um you just never i, I don't know i couldn't imagine that you know, it's immediately making me think of the first few weeks that we got home. And I mean, I was just telling everyone that I could possibly tell how worth it it was. And I was saying, and it's been a while now, but I was just kept saying, like, it doesn't matter if you take your kids to Pennsylvania for three weeks and mm -hmm. just camp through Pennsylvania or West Virginia or Idaho. Like, you don't have to go to Iceland and New Zealand. It was like, the beauty of the trip was was also the hard part of the trip but the but the real like thing you hold on to is just being close with your family in close quarters and solving those little problems and forming this like unbreakable bond that only proximity and pure time can provide mm -hmm. uh, and so i was just i was just like telling all my shows i was up on stage being like listen if you have small kids or any kids, just save some money and go on a three-week trip, not six months, just like even three weeks and put yourself in a hard situation and a close situation. It's so worth it. I feel so bonded with my family. That was a big part of it. I I, I often wonder, like, um, I went on a lot of trips when I was younger. Uh, my grandmother worked in an airline, and um, there's so much that I wish I would have done when I was older right oh, and yeah. it's like where i could have remembered it you know what i mean you're like, saying like you're six. saying you wish you yeah like kind of like kid. i i look back like i was like six years old and i'm like you know somewhere in europe like great like i i i ah. have pictures and i remember that but I, it wasn't you know a huge trip or anything it was like you know my parents took us for a week and that was that and um you know it's i think it's even valuable for like you know the 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 twelve year old or the fourteen year old or the You're sixteen right. year old, you know what I mean? Like that much more because it's that much more impactful. I think it's easier to an extent. I would imagine. I'm gonna have never done it. Maybe you could comment on this, but like traveling with smaller people might be a little easier than you know a full grown other person. <laughs> I don't know. We had that conversation so many times on our trip because we kept seeing older kids, you know, who are traveling with their family and we kept weighing, which comparing it. And we, had, we did end up feeling like it was easier that they were young. Um, physically, it's not easier. Obviously that's what they say about parenting. Anyway, it's harder physically when yeah. they're young, and, you know, mentally when they're older. But I think around the world, what was really nice was to not have a teenager saying, ah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, right. I'd rather be on Snapchat or I want to watch this show on my tablet, dad. I don't want to, like, we didn't have any of that. It was just like, we're going, you're on my back. We're doing this. Right. And, and that was nice. It gave us some freedom. For sure. So, yeah. Man, feels like, it feels like forever ago. We got back to what? Very beginning of 2019. Yeah, yeah, you're. You know, that was the other thing when you when you came on just now, and you're like, "Yeah, I got a four and six year old." I'm like, putting it a timeline in my head, and I'm like, "Wow, that's you know, it seems like you know that, but really, you know, it's um, 2019. I mean, I feel like this whole year just went by. Like, I I don't this even think what the hell. Existed. I don't even know if it was a, was it really twelve months. I mean, is that true? Yeah. Um, but that's how it works. Is like you we got back. And then I started the album and had to finish writing it. And you know how that just takes a while. And so then you release the album like I did this year. And now I finally get to tell the story of the album. But yeah, is that is that weird? Like looking back on, I mean, it's been a significant amount of time since you went on the trip. And like you're just now like, you know, openly and, you know, out there talking about it. I mean, that's, uh, it's I don't know. I can't remember half the stuff I do on vacation. <laughs> I feel like you're writing an album about it. Like, that's just crazy. Well, you, when you write an album, do you go over those stories and those words in your head so many times it does sort of leave a print, but yeah. um, I will say the one weirding about 
releasing albums in general is that, and you've heard musicians say this, but that by the time it's out, you, you're really thinking about the next one because you, yeah. I stopped creating that album in May or June. And then you're just like mixing it and you're mastering it and you're yeah. duplicating it and then you're promoting it. And then it's like six months later and you're like, Oh, well, my mind is already on literally I've already written nine other songs that I'm like, Oh, when can I release these? You know? Yeah. Right. So I have to stay focused and talk about that, that album. But, but yeah. I, I love, I love the album. I, I love that it's so much centered around your family and kids. Cause there's, I, I can't think of another artist that has put out anything like that. Oh, cool. I mean, it's just cause where, where I'm at in life and you know, you have three kids, um, you know, just in the last four years, um, it just, it, I don't know. It, it hit very close to home for me, just listening through it. Thanks, and like, I'm, I'm, I forget which, which song I was listening to. I was like, oh my God, I could, I could dance with my daughter uh, at, her, at her wedding to this song. It's amazing. Oh, it, thank you. I had to make a change, not a change in my career, but I had to like make a conscious choice to embrace fatherhood and and not just be like this musician who also happens to be a dad, but I don't talk about that much. I'm going to talk just about my art. Yeah, it's like a bartender that takes their ring off when they go to work. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, but it's true. That story, that example was crazy because they literally, I have a memory from 10 years ago of a record label executive saying, I'm not sure you should wear your ring in that music video. I'm not sure you should wear your ring for that performance and i'm like wow this really does happen they really do tell you not to be yourself they tell you to just be the art and that can mess with a guy and it messed with me so i had to just fully embrace the last four or five years even my last ep the howl i there i just was talking about my wife and my kids and from stage that i talk about them a lot and i've decided to just be the guy be the family guy who writes pop songs and it feels good because then you can just be yourself all the time. Every every interview, every performance. And the chances are really good that you have the you know somebody like Dustin that's that's grown with you and, and basically gone along the same path. I'm sure a lot of your you know listeners and fans are are a lot like Dustin. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, and, I did. I did turn to Melissa um, when we were in Charleston. This is so strange to talk about the fact that you live there. Um, we're in Charleston, and I'm. I'm playing this album, um, you know, on, uh, on my phone and I'm going, doesn't this sound so authentic? And she goes, it totally does. It's like, it's like he means it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, awesome. Oh gosh. So yes. that was definitely one of the coolest parts. It's Aww. funny you said that Eric. Cause like when you were talking about like, um, dancing with, uh, Quinn about that, like, I, that's how I kind. Of, I didn't feel like the. I didn't think the same thing, but I was feeling you yeah, know, the same kind of thing. I'm not 100 sure. I think was it just Penny? Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. The Penny song. It's about my daughter. Yeah, that's yeah. That's just awesome. Ugh, those words. It finally. It finally came. It took so it took so many years. I started that song when she was like in her crib, and I was just. I just had the piano line, and I was, it was just like a lullaby to her. And in my head, I'm like, I want to write the best words about who you are and what it means and how much I'm going to treasure our relationship. And I was just beating myself up because I couldn't write it for years. And it turned out that I just didn't know her yet. Mm -hmm. She was like a baby and then a toddler. And you can't really write a song that's true until she's like a young human. Yeah. And then when she was, you know, four and a half or five, I finally finished it. So anyway, I digress. I mean, uh, absolutely amazing. I just love it. I love hearing stories like that. Thanks. I love getting to talk about them instead of, you know, I get a night off and put the kids to bed. There's that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Biggest question I had written down. Did you really, uh, I, I, I am so behind again. I just got rid of packets, right? Like mashed up packets. What are you about when you're so old, know what you're talking about. What's that? What are you talking about? What are packets? Let me get to it in a second. So the, the, I just got over packets and I'm listening to this song and it's talking about chewing gum with your two-year-old. And I'm going, should I be letting my kid have chewing gum? And I'm just not there yet. 
Second child, man. Uh, <laughs> second child. I don't think we let our first have gum till she was four. And we made sure it was like sugarless. We bought it at Whole Foods. And <laughs> but with my with your second kid, there we are in Barcelona. And I mean, he is just not having a good day. And it's his birthday. And he's like, You said I could have gum. You said I could have gum. And in our heads, we're like, Did we really say when you were two? <laughs> Did we really say that? And then, you know, we're like, you know what, Milo? You deserve it. We're in a, it's a hundred degrees. We're doing a bunch of adult tourist things that are all failing. Why don't you try gum today? And so that actually is true. I, but do I think, do I condone it? No, I think you should wait till they're at least two and a half. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe three, three or four. Who knows? Oh, there's some parents who are like, oh, not until they're five or six. What if they swallowed it? Eric gives his kids gummies. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like gummies are different than gum. Are they? I don't, I mean, I'm not saying like, I'm not criticizing this at all. I'm like legitimately like, I want to give my kid gum because I feel like that would be the coolest thing in the world to see a two-year-old like chewing on some gum. It would last about two seconds before they swallow it. Yeah. Yeah? That's what happened. happened. Oh, no. In Barcelona, we were on our double-decker bus and we finally gave it to him and it lasted nine seconds. But like any good parents would do, we just gave him another piece, gave him another try, you know, one more yeah. try. And he well, did yeah. a little little better with that one. I still have to fight with our four-year-old to not swallow the toothpaste when we're trying to brush his teeth. Oh, my God, the toothpaste. Oh, my gosh. Does it drive anybody else crazy that they're just the, – the amount of toothpaste they have to put on their damn brush? Like, <laughs> does, do you really – do you – like, in my head, this is how much I know I'm like a curmudgeon dad already. I'm like – do you know how expensive that toothpaste was? Like, I didn't just get you crest, man. Okay, that's some shit right there. And that's he's the just baking like soda. loading it on. And I'm like, and then he's just eating it. And I'm like, Milo, my God. And then I'm like, two, two hours later, I'm like, why did I care? I'll just buy more toothpaste. Like, these little things. Ah. Did I just, was that a tangent? Did I just go there alone? I just That's, there alone. that's our whole podcast, so <laughs> get used to it. This is what we talk about being a dad in a long time, I think. Yeah. Oh. I need it. We're getting hate comments on uh, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> what are we uh, supposed to talk about? So uh, I just wanted to give you a quick compliment, because I, this is something I was talking to Dustin about last week, and I'm um, listening to the album. The the first song, and I and I think a little bit more, but especially the first song on the album, uh, with through through our hands or through their hands. Yeah, through our hands. Yeah. Um, and this is a, like a sincere compliment. I hope you take it that way. It has like very strong Tracy Chapman. Oh, yeah. for me. oh that's a huge compliment. I love I love Tracy Chapman's music. Um, just the little runs that you go on and stuff. It was like a, it felt a lot like you know something that she would write. That's cool. I I definitely grew up. She's a bit older than I am, and I grew up listening to her, just trying to sing along perfectly to "Fast Car." Like I would, yeah. I would, I would do a Tracy Chapman impersonation that I can no longer do quite the same. <laughs> but I'll take that as a huge compliment. What a, her, what a writer! Her mom actually lives. Uh, she, I think she's a teacher in Avon Lake, Dustin. Here, one oh, really city oh, wow. right around mm-hmm. the corner from you. Mm-hmm. I actually see. A, there's a similarity too with the way she's toured and the way she's handled spotlight like uh before i was doing this thing that i'm doing i i looked at people like her and i was like why isn't she out more why don't you hear more about tracy chapman and now i'm like oh i get it there are certain people who really need to cling on to their normal self Mm -hmm. because when they let go too much of their normal self to the limelight that they lose themselves and that's me i'm totally that I'm like, I got to be careful how far I go into the limelight. Otherwise, I start not enjoying my career at all. Yeah, that's me and Dustin, too. We don't want to get this podcast thing to get out of hand. <laughs> hey, I'm just looking for my own Wikipedia page, Eric. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Dustin, did you have any more? You want to do a book? Um, yeah, you know, well, uh, yeah, let's do let's let's do a book. Here, let's do something fun. What's Brendan, do you have, do you have a, a kid's book laying around? Do I have a kid's book laying around? Yeah. Uh, yeah, hold on. There's always one. That was a good idea, Eric. Okay. 
did the best I could here. I actually do like this book. Hold on. I'm up in our uh, utility room, which is like our room above our garage, which it just has so many uses. It's like the movie room, the drum, yeah. the drum room for the kids. This is like their corner. It's like nice. There's a toy room. We come up. My wife does yoga up here. You know, it's just like that room. Anyway, before we get to before we get to the book, hold on one second. Oh shoot, Eric okay, needs sorry. some advice. Eric, you were complaining two weeks ago or three weeks ago about every musical instrument that you get, Bo, he just breaks, right? Pretty much, yeah. And and actually him, you know, explaining that that's the music room, that I was going to ask him another question after books, but we can do that now. Do uh, it. I'm, I mean, obviously, you are you can play music. I can't play music. I wish I could play music. I'm uh, So we're both in the wedding industry. I'm a wedding DJ. Um, awesome. So I, I, like, that's my biggest regret is I never learned any instrument. Like, I want to learn, like, a social instrument, like a piano or guitar, or even just a ukulele to start. But I really want my kids to to have that. Um, obviously you're playing all the time so that there's a natural, like, Oh, what's daddy doing? Um, do you have any advice for someone to, you know, try and get kids interested in this stuff? You know, my advice, I, I didn't think I would have advice in this. As you asked the question, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to have any advice here. Because, <laughs> uh, even just doing it with my own kids, I don't really have a method. Um, and I don't know when they're going to get interested or, mm. I can't tell the way we get them a drum kit. We get them a mini electric guitar. He breaks it. Mm. Um, there's five keyboards and a real piano in our house. My daughter is just finally getting this little interest, which ironically enough came from her music teacher at school who she's talking about, dad, my music teacher plays the piano and she's starting to teach me. And I'm like, great. I'm so happy that you're getting a little love for it. And in my head, I'm like, hello. But, um, I'm taking a more hands-off approach is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, but what I'm hoping is that if I do it with joy and which I do when I sit at the piano or I'm writing songs, I'm doing it because I want to. Right. I just hope that that plays a small part. And the only piece of advice that even comes to me is if you actively took up some lessons or, or just got excited about like, I'm going to this guitar store and, and dad wants a guitar. Like, I just want to have a cool acoustic guitar in the house and I want to learn it. And then they just see you. You don't say, hey, you should learn this, but they just sort of see you doing it. I feel like that's enormous uh, to getting them to like it as opposed to just shoving lessons down their throat. Yeah. And it, and it had been like, you know, finding, you know, little things in like pop culture or movies that they enjoyed, like a, a Coco or even like the newest Trolls is all about different kinds of music. Oh, and, right. What a great one. That's yeah, a good movie. Yeah. Dustin, have you watched it yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. Dude, I haven't had any TV time in the last like three weeks. So okay, 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 okay. It's so good. Well, like my my kids love Barb, and I, I think that's awesome because then so I. So does my son. These are obsessed with Barb. Yeah, I was like, well, maybe I can like springboard this into like them loving uh, like Guns and Roses because they're my favorite. Oh, <laughs> that's what. No, my son is like obsessed with like hard rock all of a sudden. Yeah, he's like, I want, I want rock and roll, and like I tried to play him like the Aussie version of you know. Um, it's crazy train that's in the movie. Yeah. But he knows the difference in Barb. And I, so I bought him a, one of those mini Lugs for his fourth birthday. Dude, I'm looking at mine right now. That's, that's, I was about to reach it, but it's too far away. That's what we got him. And it's broken. Yeah. He had, he had a couple of guitars earlier and he broke both of those. And I'm like, you, you're not allowed to break this one. We're going to put a tie. You're only allowed to play it like when, like, your sister's not around because she'll break it too. And I just bought him. I bought her a plastic mini one, so a mini mouse, so she would have that if he wants to use his. Oh, gosh. It's just so funny. It's like, what are we supposed to do for them to become great at music? I don't know. I mean, hopefully just provide it. I'm going to impart my knowledge on this subject because my dad gave me a guitar when I was 9 or 10 years old, and I had no interest at all. And um, I'm certainly not as musically inclined as eric in terms of interest or knowledge or anything like that because eric is like an encyclopedia over there but um i think if you surround your kids like you said with um positive feelings about music or if your thing is hey i want to have bilingual kids or i want to have trilingual kids like if language is your thing or cooking is your thing if you surround them 
with positive energy around any subject, they're going to, they're going to pick up on that. And, um, and they're going to carry that. And as long as you're not one of those people that, um, I just get so annoyed by the person that like walks into a room and they're like, they pick up the, like a guitar that they see and they just start playing Dave Matthews or something like that. It's like, (laughs) just stop, please stop. Uh, that's them um, searching for attention for their talent that they yeah. have never gotten entirely, entirely. Yeah. Um, to get just, it. just be happy about it. And I mean, music is supposed to be happy and, um, and yeah, surround them with those positive vibes. They're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Eric, are you ready to play me my sound bite? You got it. Yeah. Books. We, we always review one uh, kid's book here at the end of the show. So one second. Books. It's amazing. Uh, this this week is going to be not my book, um, but rather our guest's book that he had uh, laying around the um, upper garage room of his house. Here we are. Dooby 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 doo. the subway mouse by barbara reed barbara reed um yeah what what should i have to read the book well i'll 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 tell everybody just a little bit about the subway mouse um because barbara reed um what a wonderful author and and she illustrated it too Um, This is the story of a young mouse living in the subway whose dreams of the magical world called Tunnel's End. Nib is a subway mouse, and as a young mouse, he loved to hear stories about Tunnel's End, a beautiful yet dangerous roofless world. Oh, there's there's Nib. There he is. Provide pictures to your talking. Yes. Um, And uh, together... Um, he, he finds somebody named Lola together. They navigate the long and dangerous tunnel until one night when they have almost given up hope. They hear a small chirping sound. It's the tunnels and more beautiful than Nib ever dreamed. Wow. Barbara Reed. Eric, I don't see a picture of Barbara Reed. I can't do a books and looks. Tonight. I found a picture of Barbara Reed. What do you think? Uh, she looks like a Barbara Reed. Does she look like an author? Oh, of course. Um, the illustrations are really cool because they're not, they don't look like drawings. Are they? It's, like, it's yeah, it looks like it's, um, I'm not sure the word for it, but it, yeah, it's created. It's like, um, it looks like just like claymation, but just, you know, still frames. Yeah. Huh. You know, you know, as a parent, everybody knows this. Like, there are just those books that you can read several times, um, and keeps the parents sort of interested. And this is one of those books. Like, I'm glad that just found it randomly up here, but, you know, of the 300, 400 books in our house, there's probably like 30 that when your kid grabs, you're like, all right, cool. I can read that one again. And this one does that for me. And I, that's sort of a, sort of a slanted compliment. It's a, but it, it's a genuine compliment that I, I enjoy this book. She, um, she, she does illustrating and authorship, but she also uh, has award-winning artwork as well with something called plasticine, which. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it looks kind of cool for sure. They must take this must be plasticine. I mean, she must take a photograph of. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Creation. Kind of neat. And Barbara, you know, if you're listening, which you're probably not, I, I do. I do want to tell you that was a really horrible way to compliment your book. It's hard as a parent to compliment a children's book. My kids love this book and I enjoy reading it to them. Um, um, give me an idea for a children's book. I don't know if Dustin, if we're keeping track of our kids book ideas, but I think we could do a pretty cool, uh, pizza rat kids book. Ah, yes. Maybe, maybe Jack or style here. When, um, Brendan, when are you going to, uh, write a children's book of your own? You, I, I see on your merch, uh, section of your website, you have, uh, a, uh, a book that's for sale. Yeah. That's just a photography book on the uh-huh. camera. Tell us a little bit about that. I, before music, loved photography. And uh-huh. I've always just, whether it's an iPhone, now I have a better digital SLR, but um, just always have a camera on me. And I love it. I get such joy. I never want to try to sell the pictures or be like a professional photographer because I enjoy it so much. And I know what happens when you have to try to sell your art. 
yeah it can change it but i love having a camera in my hands that's so, great taking it up taking it everywhere that book sorry i didn't answer your question that book all right that's just photos from my my travels. some of them are just iphone shots but just photos and then some lines from my songs that go with the photos awesome eric do you uh do you have anything else for tonight um i don't do you want to maybe um why don't we find out well how can um people find you brendan well right now i'm basically hiding so they can't find me right now i'm (laughs) i'm in pandemic numbness i don't know where the hell i am um i'm just being real with you guys because it's fun but for sure in normal times, like probably a month from now, I'm going to get normal again. Uh, and the best place is my Instagram page. That's where I put all my updates and such. And then my website's probably second best, brendanjames.com. And yeah, just released an album and I'm looking to start touring again as soon as I can. I do a lot of private shows and backyard shows. So I think I can do those maybe in the spring if the uh, vaccine works, <laughs> even on a small scale. So yeah, I'll be out there again. Make another trip down there. We I, I hit Charleston earlier in the year, and then uh, Dustin hit it. You know, just a couple weeks ago. Man, it's awesome. Where do you guys each live? I don't even know. Uh, we're in Cleveland. Okay, you both in Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. You actually see each other in person sometimes too. Uh, not this year. No, I mean, <laughs> not a whole lot this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Ohioans down here. A lot of New Englanders who have come down, obviously, to get away from the weather and such. But a lot of Ohioans. I'm saying that, right? right? Ohioans? Ohioans. That's us. Uh, I left out the other row. Sorry. Ohioans. And anytime that you're in uh, Nashville or Cleveland, my, my family lives in Nashville. I'm sure you're there a lot. Yeah, once or twice a year. I played the the city winery there last year and loved it and was about to go back and then obviously couldn't. But so I'll be back to Nashville, probably the city winery if they're still kicking. Great. Are you working on new stuff right now? I mean, yeah, I'm in a whole cool creative place right now. I'm like, I don't care about anything right now. I'm just making whatever I want. It's really liberating. Um, I'm starting to write for TV and film and have some contacts who are asking for it. And so I'm going to the studio with my friend and drummer, Craig Meyer, and we are just like throwing stuff up against a wall and I'm having more fun, like creatively than I might've ever had right now. It's really Mm -hmm. cool. And so I don't know when or how I'll release that stuff. It's definitely off brand and I don't know, interesting stuff, but we'll see next year, the year after it'd be coming out with stuff. I have to say that um, I I hadn't thought about this until you just said what you said, but 2021, 2022 must look like the years of like the best music, the best movies, the best anything creative. Cause like there's all this downtime for people to just use their brains and like just create. Right. Totally. I mean, it would be like sick how much it's- stuff comes out. It could be a mini renaissance of sorts. I mean, I really, I'm just looking at the new stuff I'm creating. Like, I don't care about genre right now. I mean, it, granted, it's going to sound somewhat like me, but right. I think if, if thousands or millions of other artists are doing this, then yeah, the next three, four years. And it's also going to change my scope and trajectory for, for my next albums because I'm pushing myself in a way right now. So I'm learning new things about myself and I'm like, Oh, already my next album is going to be different. And it's mm-hmm. a cool realization. For sure. So well, Eric, how can people find us on new dad, newer dad? Uh, we're at, at new dad, new dad, uh, new dad. Did I say that right? At new dad, newer dad everywhere. Um, I'm at the bearded DJ. Dustin is at Dustin on the road. Um, Patreon.com slash new dad, newer dad. Um, go listen to Leap Taken. It's a fantastic album, especially, you know, for parents, new parents. It's really cool to hear someone singing about like this kind of things that, you know, we're dealing with right now. And if you have the opportunity, support your favorite musicians by buying direct from them as well. I know that that always helps. Um, if there's a way to do that, um, you know, iTunes and all that kind of stuff. 
I don't know what's around anymore. Is iTunes even a thing? No, it's Apple Music. Now. I think it's Apple Music now. Um, not so great for artists, but um, buying albums and stuff from... Do people do that? Is that like a thing, Brendan? Well, you know, in these times, the, what I'm thinking as you say that is the good way to do it is just tune into our, our live streams. I'm not trying to do too many of them, but even if, if you like an artist and you just want to go help, even if you tune in for 20 minutes and leave a nice tip and then you got to go, that's a nice... Because when we do our live streams, we're sitting there thinking... Secretly, I kind of want to make rent money this month with this live stream. You know, so if you just drop by or you get a, or you go on their website and just buy one piece of merch just to help out, that that's how to help these days. I think. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think people can find your merch at brendanjames.com/store. So go check that out as well. Yeah, and everyone said my Instagram hammer, I, handle. I just told you Instagram, but it's brendanjames underscore music. There you go. Perfect. Well, you know what they say here at New Dad, Newer Dad, everybody. Be a dad. Be a real dad. Read a book to your kids. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, guys.